Welcome everyone to episode 20. In this episode, we learn about what was top secret World War II operations based in Charleville, Queensland. We meet the Daily Tripper Kids and Peter is back talking that most popular and addictive pastime, fossicking. Famous for sapphires, we learn there are plenty of other stones in the Inverell area. We are proudly partnered by On The Road magazine. March, April edition on sale, 27th of February. Now let's get on the road. Look, I've just received a phone call from a friend of mine, Monique Johnson, out of Charleville, and she says she's got a bit of a secret to share with us. So, hi, Monique. How are you going? Hi, I'm great. How are you going? Yeah, really well, thanks. So, what's this secret you've got? This is a top secret and you have to come to visit to hear the whole story but I'll let you in a little on a little bit of it today. So in 1942 we're all aware that the World War II was happening at that time and Charleville actually was home to around three and a half thousand United States Army Air Force personnel. So the population of Charleville back then was around the same. So you can imagine this town just doubled in size almost overnight. So for four years these fellows called Charleville home. Okay, so what were the Americans doing? They were doing lots of things. I think they were doing lots of partying as well as working from all accounts. But while they were here, so Charleville was actually a terminal for the Pacific Ferry Route. So we would, a lot of us heard of the Pacific Theatre War at the time. So the um, men that were here were sort of mainly, you know, engineers working on the planes, B-17, B-24s. We had a number of different planes here in Charleville. But they were fitting out planes, fixing planes. They were, you know, they would land here and refueling and heading off to wherever else they were going. But there was a, a major top secret that that was happening here as well on the base, and it was a a training area. So bombardiers were actually being trained from here in the use of the Norden bomb site. Ah, oh, now I've heard of that. That was the site mm-hmm. they used for when they were doing the bombing raids, wasn't it, to help try and get the bombs on target. Absolutely. So they argue that with the use of the Norden bomb site back then, they could accurately hit their target in a circle 30 metres round. Now, that's we're talking from a height of around 6.4 kilometres up, but using the Norden bomb site. So when we say site, we're talking S-I-G-H-T, you know, something that you look through, like looking through the scope of a gun, through the crosshairs, not an S-I-T-E where a bomb's gone off, but an S-I-G-H-T. So, yes, so with the use of the Norden bomb site, that was helping them accurately hit their target. So this was a training facility for these bombardiers, was it? So bombardiers were based here as well. So the Norden bomb sites, there was a few of those based here. So they were loaded in the planes from here and then the bombardiers would head out to wherever they were being trained at that particular that particular time and location. So, yeah, they were housed here in a, a small building that we call the Norden bomb site vault. And people can still come to this day and see that vault and visit the four buildings that remain on the base. There was 101 buildings here on the base. And and they, that's a lot, a lot. Well, back then, it's a lot of buildings to build in that four-year period. Um, but you can still see four of them that remain today. Wow. So now, did the locals in the town actually know what was going on or was it all top secret? Oh, the locals knew that these gentlemen were here, obviously. They may not have known necessarily what was absolutely going on. So the locals, I think, they were more interested in about what could go on. 
So was it always well known that this secret training facility was part of what was going on or has it only been discovered sort of recently? The actual base itself, obviously, so Charleville's a long way from anywhere. So that was one of the reasons they chose Charleville to be, you know, their secret base because, well, the enemy wouldn't have been able to get here for a start and then return back to their base. Um, with, without landing and refueling anywhere, and I'm fairly sure none of us were going to let the enemy land and refuel. So that was sort of one of the main reasons that Charleville was actually chosen to be a site to house these northern bomb sites. So, but Charleville was already a base then. Um, Charleville's actually on the, uh, the great terminal of navigation. So Charleville had been already pointed out as one of those bases and then when the enemy couldn't get to here, they thought, well, that's a perfect location then to bring bombardiers in as well and be training them. So so they would load the sites in, the planes would head out. Um, now, all those guys that came in later on, they were they all had to sign an oath to say that they would guard with their life what was top secret. And like not everybody knew exactly what they were guarding either. It was only originally, apparently, the commanding officer, the five pilots and the five bombardiers that were trained originally in the use of the Northern Bomb Site. But by the end of the of the war, I think there was around 35,000 bombardiers trained in the use of the Northern Bomb Site. Not obviously all from Charleville, but certainly other locations around the world. But um, Charleville was mainly a terminal then for, you know, fitting out planes and, and fixing planes and refueling and whatnot. So, yeah, there was a few things happening. So, as always, Charleville's played a key part in, in aviation because obviously, as we know, Qantas uh, operated from Charleville for a number of years as well. Charleville Airport this year turned 100 years old, Shane. So from 1919 was when the first plane landed in Charleville. The Wright brothers and Smith brothers and we've had the Amy Johnsons and all sorts of aviators and aviatrixes have made our airport quite famous. So 100 years this year is the... Is the um, anniversary of the Charleville Airport, 100 years. It's certainly the, the who's who of aviation th- has come through Charleville. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, we, we can do a tour to have a bit of a look around of, of what's left of this top-secret American airbase. Is that correct? Yeah, you can. So the tours operate now. Remember, Charleville can get quite warm in the summer. So in the summer months, we actually redu- we bring the tour back to earlier in the morning so it's a little bit more comfortable for everybody. And the tour departs at 8 a.m. Now, it can be booked online, so you can actually go to the experiencecharleville.com.au website and book that tour online. And if you're looking for that tour, it's actually called the Top Secret World War II Tour, and that's bookable online, or you can call the Visitor Information Centre, and their number is 07 4654305757 and they happily will help you book that as well. So in summer, it departs Monday, Wednesday and Fridays and bookings are essential to make sure we've got a guide on board that day for you at 8am and it departs from the Cosmos Centre. Through the months of April to September, the tour departs daily again, 10.30am until and then again at 2pm in the afternoon. So Twice a day, Monday to Friday, and Saturdays and Sundays is 10.30am both days. So have, have you actually got one of the um, bomb sites there? So we do. So a few years ago, um, we purchased a Norden bomb site, and that actually had to come from America. So we purchased that site just so that people can get the feel and see, 
you know, the building was there. People knew what the building was about. But it's not until you actually get to see the item itself that you understand what it was all about. So the bomb site is in that building now and you do get to see it and you also get to see another item that was later attached or later given to us as well, but donated to us by a local fellow who found it at a clearing sale and he paid $5 for this and it was actually part of the Norden bomb site too. So, but I have to, can't tell you all the secrets, can I? You have to come and see it so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but we've got a few things in that building that you can look at and we've got another building coming soon too that you can come and visit and it'll be amazing. So it starts work January 2020, it'll start, finish June 2020 and people will be able to come and see what happened in Charles from 1942 to 1946. The secret World War II building. Okay. And it will... It will be an American style hangar, and it was main. It's mainly um, this sort of more inter- interactive, you know, where you can go in and see the uniforms that these men were wearing here. You can see the planes that they were working on. It's to be a you'll be able to see how the Norden bomb site works. It'll be an interactive type style facility as well. Lots of push buttons and information. So, yeah, we have something you'll have to do. Put on your have-to-do list in Charleville. All right. So sounds like I need to plan a trip out to Charleville and we'll have to pop in and have a look at that. Monique, thank you for getting in touch with me and letting us know about this secret. It's an interesting part of our history. It is, it is. And, like, if we don't sort of keep talking about our history, it sort of gets lost. Like, this story was lost for a long time and it's only in the last, you know, 10 years that it's sort of come to light. Now, obviously, it's growing with the growth of the new building and the tours have gone from, you know, one every couple of days to a couple every every day. So it's certainly something. People love history and, and it's not sort of a, not a gory World War II story. It's quite a good story. So both men and women love it. We've even had young children that love it. So certainly come along and have a visit. So the best place for them to go to find out more about this tour is the website. I would say go to experiencecharleville.com.au and if they have trouble navigating their way through that, give the give guys at the Visitor Information Centre a call on 07465430057. Or, or always go to Facebook. Everybody loves Facebook. And that is simply Top Secret World War Two Tour. Excellent. All right. Thanks for your time, Monique. Great to chat with you. Bye for now. Thanks, Jane. Bye now. Okay, I'm back chatting with Peter Caddy. You might recall we had him on an earlier episode, but I wanted to find a little bit more out about Fosca King. G'day, Peter. How are you going? Shane, well, thanks. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good. Look, I had to get you to come back on Fosca King. Now, we know this is very popular uh, amongst people who are travelling around the country. Is is Fosca King a, a big thing in, in Varel? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, no, we, uh, it, it would be one of our premier reasons for people coming to visit the area because uh, whilst it is a finite resource, there's still plenty of stone around here and so people love coming here and trying to find one of those beautiful elusive Inveril sapphires and uh, or, or plenty of the other things that are available around here as well. So what else is available besides sapphires? Well, look, you've got uh, your beautiful crystal areas as well. So, yeah, like if so your smoky quartz, your rutilated quartz, which is better known as grassstone, there's citrine, you've got topaz, black tourmaline, uh, all sorts of stuff. So it doesn't really matter what you're looking for. We can pretty well help you out. There's even still a little bit of diamond left out around Copeton. So you can look for some of those industrial diamonds as well. 
but uh, plenty of opportunities to find uh, quite a number of, of different types of gems and minerals. I wish you hadn't mentioned diamonds. I know someone's going to be in my ear about, oh, diamonds, let's go to Inverell. <laughs> well, it's certainly worth coming and having a try, mate, absolutely. Now, what I want to know is, is there a long history of fossicking in the district, or is it something new? No, no, it's been uh, been around for hundreds of years, basically. Back in the 1800s, there was wide-scale diamond mining out uh, at Copeton, which was obviously the area before the dam itself was built. So there was a lot of mining done out there. Huge amount of tin mining in the area, especially around Ellsmore and also out at Tinga. Uh, there was a huge amount of, uh, especially Chinese miners, out around the uh, Tinga area doing that. Uh, so that happened all the way through. And then really the sapphire boom kicked off uh, around the 1970s. And at the time in the 1970s, Inveril was actually supplying 75% of the world's sapphire market. So it really has been big business for a long time around this area. Did you say 75%? 75% of the world's sapphire market came out of Inverell in the 1970s. Still uh, still some of uh, that happening as well, but uh, some other areas got some cheaper stones sort of around Sri Lanka and those sorts of areas. So some of those markets uh, weren't became not as popular as they were, but uh, certainly there's still some, uh, some overseas marketing that gets done from the area, but uh, most of it now is more localised in the sense of it's sort of nationwide as well. So what if I've never been fossicking before, but I, I, I like the sound of it, or I've got someone in my ear saying, let's go find a diamond, how do I go about it? Mate, look, there's no dramas. Uh, you know, if we can certainly help you out. There's no problem. If if you can do it, anybody can do it. So there's no issues there at <laughs> Thanks, all. Thanks, Peter. If you, <laughs> if you want to come along, look, we've got free areas that you can go to. But if you haven't ever done it before, we've got some fossicking parks as well. And when you go there, uh, they obviously show you what you're looking for, show you how to use the equipment. And uh, one of our fossicking parks, Billabong Blue, actually supplies all of the gear for you as well. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop, basically all they don't do is find the stones for you. So whether you are a seasoned fossicker or whether you've never been fossicking at all, we can certainly sort something out for you here at Inverell. Okay, so what, what's the best time of year to do fossicking? Depending on uh, on what you like as far as the weather is concerned, you can fossic all year round, so there's really no issues there at all. Um, I will admit that uh, during the uh, sort of June, uh, July, August, the uh, water is a, a little tad cold, so if you don't like that cool weather, then you probably want to steer away from those couple of months, but uh, certainly we still get a lot of people coming at that time as well. But uh, look, you can fossic all year round, so there's no issue whatsoever. Now, I'm just wondering... With fossicking, how do I get the best chance of actually finding something? Look, if you've never done it before, I would head straight out to Billabong Blue because then you get to see what those stones look like in the raw and also exactly how you go about using the equipment properly because, oh, you know, that's part of it. If you're not using the gear right, sometimes you can miss some of that good stone. But really, you don't need a lot of equipment. If you're coming looking for your, your sapphires, you need a, a shovel and a pick and a couple of sieves, a 3mm and a 5mm. Uh, you can hire those at the visitor centre. You can buy them in town. Or as I've already said, if you go out to Billabong Blue, they supply those for you as part of your entrance fee there. Uh, if you're looking for your crystals, you really only need a, a shovel or something like that to stir up the sand around the area just so you can uh, have a bit of a better chance of looking for it that way. And uh, certainly if you're going out looking for your, uh, your diamonds and your uh, tourmaline, your citrine, your quartz crystals, you don't need a heap of gear for that either. So it's actually quite... Uh, I mean, 
you, you know, you're going to have to put a bit of effort in. It's not like they're just sitting there on the top of the ground so you can walk across and, and pick one up. But uh, it's certainly not difficult either. As long as you don't mind getting out and getting a little bit dirty, you'll have an absolute blast. And uh, a lot of people come, try it once, and, and uh, they get hooked. Yes, I've, I've heard that. It can, it can change a person to, oh, I might give this fossicking a bit of a go to, don't interrupt me, I'm busy fossicking. You got it right, absolutely, and they they get obsessed, and there's nothing wrong with that. All right, Pete. Now, if somebody needs to get a little bit more information about coming to the Inverell Shire, where can they go? How how can they find out some more information? Well, we can certainly send packs of information out to people if they would like to do it that way, and they can very easily do that by contacting us here at the Visitor Information Centre. Uh, we've got a toll free number, which is one eight hundred zero six seven. 626, so they can call us on that, or if they prefer just to ring the number direct, it is 0267-288-161. You can jump on our website, which is www.inverell.com.au. Check us out on Facebook and also on Instagram. And uh, as I said, we're more than happy to uh, to send packs out to people. We love doing that. We can have a bit of a chat to you and find out exactly what you require, and we'll uh, put a pack together. All right, Pete, look, it's been great chatting with you again and uh, look forward to chatting with you again in the not-too-distant future. Certainly hope so. All right. Bye for now, Peter. See you, Shane. Let's meet the little Daily Trippers for a quick chat. Hello. Hello. Hello, Riley. How are you? Good. Now, I've got a very important question for you and I need you to answer it honestly for me, Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got to can't nod because he can't see you. Yeah, when you you've nod. got to you've actually got to... speak. Okay, I, <laughs> I okay. can't see very well. Are you really enjoying the trip so far? Yes. So, what has been your favourite thing that you've done so far since leaving Melbourne? Spending time with my mum and dad and my sister. Oh. oh. Yeah, that's that's nice, Riley. That is that is, that's and it, really it nice. is good to be able to spend time with your mum and dad and your sister, isn't it? Especially sharing and doing all the, and seeing all these beautiful places together. Mm-hmm. So, you're where? Where are you staying at the moment? Are you in a caravan park at the moment? Yeah, we're in a caravan park. Okay. What sort of things are at the caravan park for you? Two jumpy cushions. Two. And two swimming pools and one water park. And a and water next park. Door, and next door there's mini golf, uninflatable world, yes. and, and this big pirate ship playground that nearly reaches the sky. It's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you spending a lot of time on the pirate ship? No, we haven't went on it yet. Oh, okay, that's to come. All right, but have you been in the water park then? Yeah, we've been in it yesterday. Was it? Yeah, and today. So, did they have oh, like did water cannons? And or we something? did it today. And you did it today. Do they have yeah. water cannons or something you can use to squirt water at each other? Yeah. Who who won and, and- out of you and Kingsley? That was probably me. <laughs> that was probably you. And, you won. <laughs> yeah, and and there and there was um, a, a big bucket, and if it, when it when it hit 
I I got all the water on me and I got completely soaked. You got completely <laughs> soaked. So what? It fills yep. it fills up with water and there's a tip over, does it? Yeah, this little orange base that goes under it. It goes on. People can stand under it, but they will get soaked too. And then the bucket pours and it squirts out everywhere. Truly fun. It's fun, is it? Yeah. Did you know it was going to tip on you when it did or did it catch you by surprise? No, I knew it was going to tip on me because cause Dad was trying to trick me and kids if we were going under it. He, he said, there's a button under there. Just go under the bucket and there's a button. And I'm like, I'm not falling for that, Dad. Nice try, though. <laughs> and I was like, Kenzie, no, it's a trick. Don't do it. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Uh, so I've got to also ask you, what do you think of this doing school as you're travelling along? I'm okay with it. <laughs> you're okay with it. Well, that's good to hear. That That is good to hear. Now, it, it's different having mum as your teacher, isn't it? Yes. No. <laughs> no. But, but you, as you said before, you just love being on the road with your mum and dad, so that's going to work out all right, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, all right. Do you think Kenzie feels like a chat? Let me go chat. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk again <laughs> um, soon, okay? Say so bye. 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 <laughs> I'm just gone. Want to say hello? Say hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Are you tired? Yeah. It's been a bit of an emotional afternoon, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you were at the water park too. That would make you tired, wouldn't it? Yeah. Running around, squirting water at your sister. Did you have a water fight? Yeah. Did you win? No. Did your bigger sister beat you? Yeah. Hey, that's not fair. Aren't the big sisters supposed to let the little sister win? No. No? Oh, okay. Not my one. <laughs> so are you having a good time on this big trip around Australia? Yeah. Are you really excited about continuing on and doing it? Yes. Are you looking forward to doing schoolwork on the way as well? No. <laughs> but you get Why? But, but, but you're gonna be good and do it anyway, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh that's good to hear. <laughs> there you go, Nikki. So far so good. <laughs> What's one of the things you've enjoyed since you left Melbourne? Ashley Camp. There was this free camp and we made a really good friend. Right. Carpenter Rocks. So you made a new friend? Yeah. So we parked next to a travelling family, didn't we? Mm. And they had two little kids. Yep. Yep. Are you going to keep in contact with each other as you travel along? Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, we are actually all sort of travelling in the same direction, so we might see them again. Oh, wow, that's even that's even more fun. We're keeping in contact via Facebook. That, that'll be good. I gave them a rock from this painting rock, and I got a yellow monster. 
a yellow mama red on the back. You'll see each other down the road somewhere, won't you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've got a little project I want you to do for me, and you can you can perhaps use this to help with your schoolwork. Okay. Make a note over the next couple of weeks at different places that you go to or something that you see or do, and then next time we chat, you can tell me about something you saw or something that you did. What do you think? Okay. Something that you really, 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 really enjoy doing. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, a good place to do that's probably in your journal. That's a lot of really. It is a lot of really. <laughs> so it's got to be extra special, see? Okay. All right. And you'll make a note mm-hmm. of that in your travel journal, will you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Thank Talk you. Talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 There you go. The kids are happy to be travelling and they're happy to be with mum and dad. So far, so good, Nikki. That's pretty good. I'm not happy to do schoolwork (laughs) (laughs) at all. (laughs) You're a little sibber. You love doing it. (laughs) Well, that's it. Another show done and dusted. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you are new, welcome, and please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Remember, you can get links to information from this episode in our show notes and on our episode page at adventuresontheroad.com.au. Till next episode, everyone, I'm Shane. Have a safe journey.